Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 50 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Raz Grease, with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, bringing you new and interesting stories from every corner of the internet, including viewer submissions today. What the heck, Buck? What can I say, man? You know, um, we, uh, we have, you know, quite a following now. Yeah, like five people. <laughs> hey, man, that's better than four. That's true. Uh, so how you been this week, man? Mm. I mean, I, I got I got hit with a little bit of uh, unfortunate news. Um, do you, you want to talk about it? <laughs> well, I, I would, but I was rude enough to put a starburst in my mouth before I started talking. <laughs> So I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out like where in my tongue I could put that starburst because I wasn't ready to swallow it yet. It, it was. But now, now we're over it. But no, my my youngest. <laughs> you know, I get, I give I give you a whole sixty second lead up to hit and record. <laughs> I know, and I would. It took me all of that time to open one, freaking. Starburst, I am sorry, dude. But, but I, I literally ask you, tees. I literally ask you, are you ready? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was, because then I was like, I can open a Starburst in under a minute. <laughs> Much to my chagrin. <laughs> no, no, I was not able to execute. But either way, I am, uh, you know, I'm happily here, but my week was, uh, was you know shrouded with a bit of a cloud my youngest child needs braces Ooh, so which kidney you selling the left or the right no nah, man i i don't even think i can give one of these away <laughs> people look at me and they're like yeah I'll, that's a hard pass <laughs> I'll, I'll just i'll just stay on dialysis thanks <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a, my machine your machine yeah yeah but no so you know other than that though you know, week's actually been pretty good. Um, you know, very uneventful, as uh, as you know, par for the course. Aside from the little braces debacle, whatever. But at least, at least I can lay my head down at night, going, at least I won't have a child with a mangled mouth. Like that, 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 that I wouldn't like. That's just mm-mm, no. I wouldn't do that to my to my own seed. Send them out with like a man. No, Mm-mm. if I can avoid it, yeah. Well, let this be a so. lesson to you, folks. Uh, dental insurance may suck to have, but it's nice to have it when you need it. <laughs> Just you, make you... sure that your plan covers orthodontics. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of them don't, um, and what a lot of people don't realize too is most plans, when you get them, there's like a like a cooling off period. Because they don't want people just getting the plan, having the, the procedure, and then dropping it. So you have to have it for X amount of time before you can do major major things, like cleanings and stuff like that. Um, well, not to mention the fact that there's normally a waiting period. That's what I'm talking about. No, you're talking about a cool-off period. I'm talking Same about thing. a waiting period. Same goddamn thing. No, it's not. Sure no, it is. it's not. Really? really? No. What's the difference? Well, what you're talking about, I've never actually seen in an insurance document. The waiting period is time before the policy actually takes effect. And what would the difference between be a cool-down period when you buy something, but you can't have it until a certain period of time? You said that it was after you bought the policy, you couldn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done here, right? Okay. <laughs> I'll just see myself out. <laughs> so I'm going to, behind me, if you're watching on the video podcast, I do have a, like, a blue screen up. I'm going to replace it with a chalkboard so I can just start keeping a tally. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, Buck. Let, let, let's jump right into this. Um, so I, I got a I got an email from apparently somebody that you know or somebody that reached out to you. Um, who, who doesn't know what a paragraph is <laughs> because it is just a wall of text. So I, I may get through this and I may not. Uh, well, hold on. Hold on. 
I want to give this man a shout out. Okay. Well, I would have. I would have before I started. Well, no, man. I just want to give a little context. All right. A little bragging. Go I've ahead. Known this guy for, I've, gone, I've known this guy for 10 years. Okay. And I met him because he and I were in the same alliance with the Marvel War of Heroes online <laughs> trading app. Like, card game app. And we were in the same alliance, and I don't know how the hell we actually did it, but we just turned out to be, like, stellar good buddies. And he and I have been friends since then. Nerd. Oh, big time, man. <laughs> All right, so this, this, this comes in from our viewer, uh, or listener, rather, Art. So Art, uh, here, here's what here's what he has to say. Now, for the, the little context from what we were talking about before the show, this actually is like all the way back from episode one. We're on episode fifty, Buck. This is like all the way back in episode one before we even had a format. We were just literally getting on here and talking, and we were talking about bad neighbors. And I, I guess that Art wanted to share with us his bad neighbor uh, extravaganza. So let's let's go with this. Um, I'm going to stutter through this a lot, but I'm going to do what I can. So, I moved into my new apartment on November 1st. As you know, I don't know Art, but maybe Buck does. Uh, I need to move back to Texas due to a current situation I'm having with my ex-wife moving back uh, with my daughter. I was able to locate an apartment on Facebook Marketplace, of all places. The apartment was located in a town in Texas. I'm not going to say the name of the town. Uh, This is a town that I worked in prior to my stroke. So what, you just, you collect medical case friends? I knew him before that. I hope. (laughs) Yeah. I worked in the water department for five years in this city. The ad on Facebook Marketplace showed that the kitchen had a granite countertops, as did the bathroom. The apartment was advertised as a one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment with a monthly cost of $650. As I was still in Arizona, I was unable to look at the apartment in person. Well, this sounds like my story almost from when I moved to Oklahoma. But I was familiar with the complex and where it was located in town because where I used to work there. The day that I arrived in Texas, I went to my get my apartment. And I was startled to find that once I got there, um, this is uh, the, the, the front door to the apartment had not been cleaned since it was uh, the last tenant moved out. There was dead and live cockroaches in the living area and in the kitchen and cabinets. At this time, I went to go see the assistant manager for the property and have her come inspect my apartment. Due to the mess and the infestation, she said they'd be discounting the first month's rent by $75. Uh, bull crap. Um, it's already unfit for human habitation. You don't pay rent until they fix it. Then again, you haven't moved in yet, so you haven't taken possession, so they could have told you to just kick rocks. But I digress. I also asked why my apartment did not have the granite countertops in the kitchen and the bathroom, as picture uh, showed. Uh, I was told that my apartment had not yet been remodeled, and once the remodeling was complete, the apartment would contain uh, the mentioned countertops. The rent would go up, though. (laughs) Um, no... Uh, the apartment contained Farmica countertops that were painted white. Ooh, who paints countertops? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, the condition of this paint was horrible. Visible streaks in the paint and stains. Uh, vigorous wiping of the countertops would cause the white paint to come off on either the sponge or the rag that we're using to clean. Well, yeah, because they painted it. Yeah, no kidding. Man, sorry to hear about that. Uh, what are you playing with your lighter? I was trying to open another Starburst. I just didn't think it was going to come through on the microphone. Oh, my God. My first I've been night... at this one for, our, for over a minute. <laughs> my first night there, I was woken at 3 a.m. by the upstairs neighbor. She was blaring her music, and I could hear the bass bumping on the floor, which was my ceiling. After hitting the ceiling with a broom handle. <laughs> hey, stop it up there! <laughs> She finally turned the music down. The next day when she saw me, she said she didn't think the music was that loud, and I explained to her that it was. Her rebuttal was that she works late at night, so when she comes home, she relaxes by listening to music. Well, 
I relax by doing other things, like bagpipes, you know? <laughs> the literal song and dance would go on for the entirety of my stay in these apartments. After several loud music incidences, I went to the office and told the property manager what was going on. She advised me that she haven't, hadn't, oh, I guess you mean hadn't, in the past had multiple complaints from this tenant and current complaints from upstairs neighbors about the noisy neighbor. She stated that she's had enough of the complaints on her and they would be starting the eviction procedure on her. Damn! <laughs> Damn. Uh, they never did anything to her, however. <laughs> I then noticed that there was a big gap between the bottom of the door and the door plate uh, and that the weather stripping around the door was missing. I can literally see daylight coming from between the and under the door. I advised the office about this, and it literally took them two months to get this fixed. I got a noisy neighbor now with a truck. <laughs> um, ba -ba 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 -ba. I, I lost where I'm at, because like I said, this is just literally an ocean of text. Um, where, is it, where is it at here? Where is it at? Success. I finally got the starburst open. <laughs> <laughs> when I first encountered my first Texas storm since moving into the apartment, I had my seven-year-old daughter at my place. She came into my room and told me there was water in the apartment uh, on the—it was on the floor sitting in her room. Um, wow. When I went to look in the left corner of the apartment, I saw a large amount of water just pooling. Uh, Next to a power strip, a wireless router, and the modem being close to the, the, the said pool. Uh, I had to go get my electrical equipment off the floor and throw towels down to soak up the standing water. I notified the office of what was going on, and they said the apartment uh, building has a foundation issue and needed to be repaired. They told me that in the meantime, they would place sandbags around the wall of the apartment on the outside to prevent water from standing in that area thus preventing water from seeping into my apartment. After a couple months, my neighbor on the bottom floor beside me moved out, and a couple moved in uh, to those apartments. They seemed nice at first, and were busy uh, deep cleaning the apartment. After a couple days, I began to notice the pungent odor of burnt marijuana coming into my bedroom from next door. On several occasions, and I've lost my spot again, thank you email program that keeps moving to different emails whenever I hit the down arrow. On several occasions, I was woken up between 2 and 3 with a splitting headache due to the amount of marijuana smoke entering my apartment. One day when I was in my apartment, I could not take it anymore. And I went next door uh, and knocked on the neighbor's door. She answered the door and I advised her that my apartment reeked of marijuana smoke and asked her if she could please stop. She then began to tell me that she didn't smoke. I stopped her and advised her I had spent six years as a police officer and I knew the odor of burnt marijuana. <laughs> Uh, advised her that my kids come over every other weekend. I cannot have them exposed to marijuana as it would endanger my time with them. Her boyfriend must not have been home at the time as she at some point uh, told him and I received a knock on the door later that night. Uh, upon opening the door, he advised me that he did not smoke marijuana. I told him he was lying and I knew the marijuana smoke smelled like due to my law enforcement experience. He then tried to tell me that he has permits for marijuana <laughs> in his possession well in the state of texas there is no medical marijuana possession of marijuana of any usable amount is a class D b misdemeanor punishable by up to 90 days in jail i then told them that he he was he then told me he was going to call the police okay <laughs> which time i told him to go ahead and ask him if he needed the number <laughs> uh he's uh, I asked him if he was going to call, and then uh, he just stood there, and he asked me if he needed to Google the phone number. <laughs> he said he didn't need me to Google the phone number because he knew it. He then asked me if, if he was going to call. I asked him if he was going to call or not. He then got mad told me to call them. So I did. <laughs> Upon arrival of the police department, I spoke with the police officer and the patrol sergeant. They advised me that the county district attorney no longer pursued marijuana charges unless they were felony charges. They basically told me they weren't going to do anything. The next day, I went to the office and advised the property manager what had occurred the night before. Uh, she stated the guy had been there earlier in the morning to complain about me. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the man was not on the lease. The apartment was in his girlfriend's name. Yet, the apartments did nothing about this. I think contacting my old police department... Uh, wait a minute. I think... 
I think contact. I say I think he says I've been contact is what I mean, he meant to say. I, I spoke to the, one of my lieutenants and who used to be my partner. Uh, she advised me that even the district attorney office would not pursue uh, misdem- uh, misdemeanor medical ch- marijuana charges. Uh, the police department could still arrest the individuals in any marijuana violation and left it up to the district attorney's office whether or not to pursue charges. A couple weeks later, the noisy neighbor upstairs apparently got a pit bull puppy. Okay. The plot thickens, I guess. Uh, late at night, the dog would run full speed upstairs. It sounded like a track meet. I was awakened several times due to the dog constantly running upstairs and the constant barking. I then this uh, uh, devised. I then devised the office. I think he meant advised the office what was going on. Uh, de- did Viasat the dog. I don't know what that means. Verify, maybe the dog was yeah. not on the lease, and yeah, there was verify, no, yeah. yeah, and there was no pet deposit paid for the dog, and that was a violation of the rental agreement. Again, apartments did nothing. One day, I went to the office to ask about uh, all my complaints, as if and how they were being handled. The property manager said that she had a bottom floor apartment open in another building, and that the tenants in the building were older and quieter, and I should have none of these problems that I'm currently experiencing in this apartment. I asked her when the apartment would be available and for me to move in there starting in two weeks. The two-week time frame came and went, and as I was growing tired of living in this ghetto apartment with these ghetto neighbors, I then decided it was time uh, for me to try to find somewhere else to live. And by the grace of God, I located a two-bedroom, two-bath duplex, literally on the same street, only two blocks up from the house which I lived in before moving to Arizona. I completed my application and submitted my deposit and then found out uh, that people that were going to be willing to help me, oh, and then found people to be willing to help me move. Uh, all I needed help with was the furniture as I could box up the rest of the stuff and move my own. I moved out on a Wednesday, finished moving on Saturday. During this time, it had been constantly rain, uh, raining during the day. On Saturday night when I got the last of my stuff, I looked around the empty apartment and noticed standing water in the entirety of the living room. Obviously, the foundation problem had gotten worse in the six months since I lived there. I never gave the apartment's notice when I was leaving. I placed keys in a Ziploc bag and wrote number 36 on a piece of paper, which was the apartment number, and placed the keys in the mail slot to the office. Now my daughters have a room and a bathroom all to themselves, and I'm only paying $75 more a month for the extra room and bathroom. So, I mean, you got some social liabilities there. You really do. Oh my gosh. It's like making a sandwich on moldy bread. Like, he had an asshole above him and an asshole below him. <laughs> like, what the... Yeah, Man. I mean, we, we talked about that in our first episode, about, you know, home ownership and, and rentals. And I was having both problems at the time, because when I moved to Oklahoma, we, we rented a place sight unseen. And uh, the pictures that they sent to us were obviously a few years old and didn't take into account the flood that apparently damaged the place or the fact that the owner had... Um, hot wired the whole building or the fact that the one bedroom that was to my son's reeked of cat piss uh, or that none of the appliances worked or that the porch had caved in and amongst other things I mean this was it was a pretty bad situation uh, but then we moved to an old place and we rented and it was okay I'm still waiting for my security deposit back so if you're listening to this former landlord you can go ahead and get that in the mail to me pretty quick please it's been 14 days uh, but the neighbors were all shite. Now, you know, it, it's just a it's just a horrible situation, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's owning or renting. You're always going to have to deal with your neighbors, and I, I think anytime you move, you need to like kind of vet the neighborhood you're moving into. At this point, uh, I know in some cases it's not yeah. feasible, but if you have that opportunity and you're not in a rush to move. You know, maybe like spend some time in the neighborhood. Just kind of creep on them a little bit, and um, and uh, you know, do a little trolling, <laughs> and vet vet that neighborhood. Make sure it's someplace you want to live. I I hate to say this, but that's actually very like prudent advice. You know that it, it's and I only hate to say it because the world has evolved to a point where that is, you know, that's really good advice (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're renting right now and and this the 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 slew of neighbors that you've had come and go 
um, is, is just, you know, you've had some pretty bad experiences. <laughs> well, you know, it's actually been with the same neighbor that I've had for the last three years. But uh, we kind of just had to, like, set some boundaries. Like, we had to have a conversation, you know, because it was just, it was getting that bad. And he and I were just like, all right, all right. And then we spoke to the landlord. Landlord was like, I'm going to put up some sound barrier, you know, do some insulation in the flooring, you know, try to cut down some of that noise. Like, yeah. And, you know, we're just waiting on that and being really freaking cool to each other. So, you know, there is that. But, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. It, 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 well, it's like you said, man. You know, you have... There, if they don't move, I have to live the, above them unless I move. Like that's, you know, you're you're really at like a stalemate. You know, what are you gonna do? You sit there and bitch and harp and moan and report and do whatever you got to do. But if the people ain't gonna stop and they ain't gonna move, you still have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people think I'll just call the landlord; they'll take care of the problem. No, they're not. No. <laughs> No, Why, they're, not. they're not. They don't. They don't want the people to leave. They want to keep the the paychecks coming in. Um, but anyway, let's move on to uh, the, what we our normal format, and we got some stories we're going to go over here. And here's an interesting one coming out of Florida, of course. A Florida woman is accused of posing as a student and sneaking into a high school to promote her Instagram. Yeah, a Florida woman was willing to go to some extra depths to promote her Instagram account by sneaking into a local high school and posing as a student. Uh, Aubrey Nicole Rand something, I'm thinking that's Hispanic, I, I'm not sure, is now facing charges of burglary, educational institution uh, interference, and resisting an officer at police said she blended in with students and nonchalantly walked into American Senior High School in uh, Hile on Monday, according to police. Uh, yeah. To carry out the ruse, Miami-Dade police said the 28-year-old woman donned clothes similar to a high school student, carried a book bag, and entered the school holding a skateboard <laughs> and carrying a painting. Oh, why a painting? Why a skateboard? I, I don't know. I just kind of think of that um, Steve uh, Buscemi picture or a, a video of him coming into a high school looking old as old as fuck with a hat on backwards and a hoodie and saying, hello, fellow students, <laughs> or hello, fellow teenagers. <laughs> it's just like... Well, after successfully gaining entry, police said she walked through the halls, handing out flyers, promoting her Instagram account, and asking students to follow her on social media. <laughs> she allegedly took cell phone videos of herself wandering through the hallways. Uh, one student told the local station that she had been recording video and showing off her Instagram account, which featured videos and images of her wearing a red devil's mask. It's crazy, the student said. It's very creepy. Police said she stopped some students in the hall, preventing them from going any further to their classes in what, what they said was a pre-planned attempt to gain access to the school. As she was wandering the hall, she stopped by, the, by security while the other students were in class, but she claimed she was looking for the registration office. Rather than going to the office as she claimed, she continued to roam the halls until she was stopped by, a, by security a second time, and they deemed her as a potential threat on campus. Yeah. A little bit. Why'd they let her go the first time? You walk her to the office. You don't just say, oh, it's that way. Oh, man. Yeah. Just keep going. Well, just keep, Let's just get this train wreck over. Well, she refused to stop for security officers and managed to slip out of the school using a side exit leading to the faculty parking lot. She left behind obvious clues of her identity, however. On the flyer, she had been passing out, which listed her Instagram handle. Brilliant. Uh, police tracked her uh, to her North Hollywood Beach home where she was arrested. I legit have, I don't know how many cops outside right now of my house. Oh my God. I hate when they quote them. Uh, that she, she posted that on her Instagram prior to her arrest. I'm not going outside at all. Oh, but you are. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. <laughs> After she was taken into custody, police said she voluntarily offered to show them the video she had recorded in the school. 
Uh, she reportedly works as a salesperson for Carnival Cruise Lines. <laughs> the company said they were looking into the allegations against her. Um, they, she was also once employed as a police officer in DeKalb County, Georgia. Let me read that again. She was once employed as a police officer. Uh, that job ended I in... Guess I... Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Okay. Well, that job ended in 2017 after she was arrested and accused of hacking into a fellow officer's social media accounts. I'm noticing a trend here. Uh, she was accused at the time of posting nude images of fellow officers on social media. She had then appeared in court Tuesday for a bond hearing where Miami-Dade Circuit Court Judge Mindy S. Glazier questioned the 28-year-old and how she was able to carry out the ruse. First of all, I don't know how to get how you get into the school. Uh, they have a guard at the front. You have to show ID. Her bail was set at $2,000. Just $2,000. I'm kind of shocked by that one. And she was ordered to stay away from the school. In a statement to NBC News, a spokesperson for the Miami-Dade Miami County Public School said they are looking into the incident. Well, you think you should, dipshits? Uh, this, is an, this is an unfortunate incident involving a female who trespassed on school grounds under false pretenses. The individual who posed as a student needed assistance was approached by school personnel who recognized that she did not belong on campus. Miami-Dade school police made contact with the individual and subsequently arrested her for her actions. Oh, my Lord. Uh, the, the website reached out to the school district for additional comments but did not receive an immediate response. And they never do. And her attorney did not re return requests request for information. So, um, I, I've looked at the picture of her, and I'd be hard-pressed to believe that this 28-year-old woman would fool anybody into thinking she's a high school student. <laughs> I would just... My mind immediately says, "What in the ever-loving hell are you thinking? This is not this is not the '80s and '90s anymore. You can't just go gallivanting into a school. Like you can't do that. That's that's the first thing wrong. And then she was a cop in Georgia. I'm telling you what, right now, my good old caregiver Katie is from Georgia, and I know for a fact that they just don't let people walk into a school in Georgia. She's a cop that doesn't even know the damn law. Well, this this was in uh, Florida, but she was a cop in Georgia at some point. Before, she hacked the other officer's social media accounts and posted naked pictures of them. Yeah. I mean, uh, what kind of mental math magician are we dealing with here? Uh, one of the midget variety, I would think. This is pretty bad. <laughs> but my question is, do you think she would have gotten as far as she did and even like she, she survived one encounter with security and, you know, had to be subsequently questioned a second time? Do you think she would have gotten as far as she did if she had been a dude? You know the answer to that. Of course I know the answer to that. No, of course she wouldn't have. You know, and shame, you know, like, I'm, we're, we're focusing on, on, on her right now. But we can quickly shift the focus to the inept security forces of this, uh, you know, educational institution. You know, these these are men and women that uh, that these parents are trusting their kids' safety to, and we got somebody running around promoting their own Instagram page. Like they wonder why we have such a problem with drugs in schools. Because you can't you can't even stop out the influencers, let alone pot or cocaine or saying. heroin. Ugh. All right. Well, the next one's being reported by TheInquirer.net. And this is kind of funny. Uh, Indian bride cancels wedding after groom fails quick math test. <laughs> A bride dumped her groom after he failed to recite the multiplication table uh, of two during... Oh, she wanted... To, okay, the times two is okay. It's just a poor... I think it's uh, translated. Uh, during their wedding ceremony in the state of Uttar in India. Uh, the bride and the groom were supposed uh, to be wed last Saturday, May 1st, though, through an arranged marriage. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Some of this is hard to read. The identities of the would-be couple have been withheld. However, the bride gave the groom a quick math test as she was suspicious of his educational background. Before they could officially tie the knot, the bride walked out of the wedding uh, venue saying that she could not marry someone that did not know basic math. The bride's cousin, meanwhile, said the groom's family had failed to disclose to them that he was uneducated prior to the wedding. 
The Grimm's family had kept us in the dark about his education. He may not have even gone to school. The Grimm's family had cheated us, but my brave sister walked out without fear of the social taboo. The two families eventually struck a deal that included having them return the gifts and jewelry they gave given each other. This is not the first of these such incidents. However, another uh, Indian bride back in 2015 dumped her groom after the later uh, likewise failed a math test. The groom reportedly answered 17 after his wife asked him to add 15 and 6 during their wedding, which was also held in Uttar. Now, I want to point something out with this. You know, th- this is saying all oh, this guy's stupid. But when they wrote this article, they they said he responded 17, which is in quotes with numerics 17. After the wife asked him to add 15, 15 and 6 SIX during <laughs> the wedding. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, <laughs> man. And see, now we know where all the C students in journalism school end up when they graduate. Inquirer.net. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's kind of ballsy, though. She's like, all right, I never met you before, but all right, jerk. Uh, what's, 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 you know, six times nine? Oh, you can't answer it? Fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> I love it. You know, I mean... I can't I can't really frown at the vetting process for 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 these women. I mean, you know, they're responsible for procreating the planet, man. I mean, like they they're, they're just they're just sifting out the dregs of society. <laughs> yeah, we don't want the dumb ones breeding, so yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? If you don't know 15 and 6 is 21, then you obviously don't know how to make a bottle with two milliliters of fluid and, and you know, a scoop of formula. Like, no. Like, these, these, have you ever seen these the mo- aren't... Have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? No. You've got to watch it. So the whole concept of the movie is uh, they, they, t- they find the most average guy in the world, in the, in the army anyway. Uh, I mean, he is average in every possible metric they can conceive of. And they freeze him. Because they want to find out, you know, using it as an experiment so they can freeze soldiers and save the good ones for later. Um, well, they forget about him. <laughs> and he wakes up like thousands of years in the future. And what has happened is all the smart people are too busy working. And all the dumb people kept breeding. So now the, popula- the, 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 the population is completely just, duh. <laughs> oh, nice. And he is now the smartest man on the planet. <laughs> Uh, it, it's 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 quite the movie. You got to watch it. It's pretty good. It's actually what kind is of it called? Idiocracy. Idiocracy. Man. Yeah, that's it. Sounds like I'm like a like the the age old tale, you know, in the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. Well, <laughs> just just as a taste, Terry Crews plays uh, President Camacho, uh, who is a former pro wrestler turned president of the world, I believe. <laughs> Well, you had me a Terry Crews. I love that guy. All right, next up. Uh, this is being reported by Fox News. Los Angeles area man disguised himself as white guy to commit 30 home burglaries. <laughs> a black man who used a lifelike mask with, ha- with fake hair to disguise himself as a white guy while committing a series of home burglaries in Los Angeles was arrested last week. Investigators have linked Rock'em Prowl to some 30 home burglaries in the region. He is currently charged with two counts each of burglary, grand theft, and one count of vandalism. The Beverly Hills Police Department is said to have uh, charged him with. Investigators linked uh, Prowl to a pair of home burglaries in the affluent suburb uh, committed on April 20th and July 20th. Investigator, uh, that's a 2020, by the way. Investigators linked his vehicle to the crimes through surveillance video. Uh, the images released by authorities, the suspect is seen wearing the mask and wearing glasses. Uh, in both burglaries, Prowl stole flat screen televisions. In the security footage, they noticed that the suspect always kept his mouth open, which they realized was the case when they discovered he was wearing a mask. Prowl, 30, a resident of nearby Inglewood, was arrested May 2nd during a traffic stop by Beverly Hills police officers. 
In the car, officers found a face mask and other items connected him to the burglaries. The license plate in the car was also stolen. <laughs> During the search of his home, police found stolen items connecting him to additional burglaries. Uh, Beverly Hills investigators are working with Los Angeles Police Department detectives and authorities in Newport Beach, an affluent coastal city in Orange County, to determine if he is linked to home burglaries in those uh, cities. The LAPD Pacific Division told the news outlet that Prowl was connected to seven burglaries in that area as well. Prowl has been released from police custody and is scheduled to appear in court on May 25th. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the mask and it's not even that great, but apparently it was enough to fool some people. <laughs> and this dude is like not even not even close to being light skinned. This dude is dark. And the mask he's wearing is like Irish. <laughs> hey, you know what? I gotta give him points for ingenuity. Yeah. I mean it's, it's I mean like he, he tried to find an angle and exploit it. He just the, the planning phase was A plus. It's just that he, he gets a like a D minus on the on the execution part the thing that's kind of irritating is the pictures they're releasing they're showing the mask and they're showing him walking from like just below the chin down so you can see he's wearing the white mask on his neck but they won't show his face wearing the mask i'm just kind of like, come on man i want to see how lifelike it looked i want to see how how, how yeah i want to see how poorly this guy bamboozled you idiots <laughs> that's probably why they're not putting the picture on there i'm guessing you know because he he got through how many burglaries before he got caught you know so this next story is being reported out of india and i there's a name in here and i i'm i'm i think it's the name of a town it's u-t-t-a-r-a-k-h-a-n-d uh i'm i'm gonna go with so i apologize ahead of time covid is a living organism has a right to live like humans, ex hua ha CM Rawat says. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to maintain my professional big boy face for that, but I couldn't. So, uh, CM, I'm assuming it's some kind of minister. Uh, yeah, chief minister. So the former chief minister, uh, Singh Rahat, on Thursday said that coronavirus is a living organism and has a right to live. See, from a physiological angle, coronavirus is a living organism. It has the right to live like the rest of us. But we humans think ourselves to be the most intelligent and are out to eliminate it. So it is constantly mutating itself, he told a private news channel. However, he said man needs to outpace the virus to stay alive. Rawat was trolled on social media for his un unusual observance on coronavirus, and it went viral at a time when the entire country is battling a strong second wave of COVID-19. One Twitter user sarcastically said, the virus organism should be giving shelter in the Central Vista. <laughs> Seriously, dude. You, uh, and even saying that humans think they're the most intelligent. What, you think the single-celled organism is more intelligent? Um, do you see water buffalo driving themselves to work? No, uh, we we don't just think we're the most intelligent on the planet. We actually there is quantifiable like evidence that we are like the most intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord! But just to make the comment, it has a right to live. Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on, dude. Come on, dude. It's another example of somebody finding an exploitable angle and just running with it. I, I, this guy is burglarizing my intelligence. All right, so now we're going to talk about uh, some of the things that are, are, are just... We, we talk about stupid criminals a lot. A lot. We talk about stupid criminals. But this one's pretty damn stupid. This is being reported by KMBC ABC News. KCPD, and I'm assuming this is Kansas City. Yeah, it is. Kansas City. Uh, man used stolen ID to purchase a $58,000 SUV and then posed for a photo at the dealership. <laughs> wow. 
Detectives with the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department took to a popular metro area Facebook group Tuesday with a plea for help to name the identity of the theft suspect. This is a whopper, and it didn't take long to put... (laughs) To put a name to the face. In the post, police officers said that they followed up on an ID theft case from last summer. Police believe the suspect used a stolen identity to purchase a $58,000 Ford Explorer uh, from a Ford dealership on July 23rd of 2020. Uh, $58,000 Ford Explorer? Really? Hey, man, it might have been like a platinum. Ugh. But the suspect made it slightly easier to follow his trail. You see, he posed for a photo with his new purchase at the dealership. (laughs) Police made the post in the stolen KC group, which helps spread the word for thefts in communities across the metro area. They followed up a short time later with a post on Twitter. Turns out the suspect made it really easy to follow his trail. (laughs) Police were able to identify him in less than an hour. Police say the man is already in custody in Kansas and on different charges, uh, and they'll be following up with local prosecutors for charges in this case as well. His identity has not been released. Why the hell not? <laughs> now, yeah, right. The guy is wearing uh, wearing a gimmick mask, you know, but you can still see everything from his nostrils up, and he's got like a light bulb shaped head. I'm sure this dude stuck, and he's got a tattoo on his chest. I mean, this dude stuck out. This dude definitely stuck out. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. Did you ever have anybody come in and like, try to fraudulent buy a car when you were selling cars? Believe it or not, yeah. Well, do- I actually had somebody try to steal a car once, too. Oh, do tell. Uh, I mean, like, there's not really very much to tell about it. I mean, I was out on a test drive with a customer, and uh, I was getting ready to, like, demo the car. And this is back in my day of using forearm crutches. So I wasn't like 100% handicapped yet. You know, so... One could argue that. Well, yeah, one could. But, you know, as long as I kept one hand on the car, I didn't fall over. So I left my forearm crutches in the trunk of the car. And uh, I'm walking around the vehicle and the guy just gets into the driver's seat and it's like... All right, well, I'm, you know, he didn't even say anything. He gets in the driver's seat and starts, like... Leaving. You know. He wasn't leaving yet. I was a little perplexed. I was kind of like, okay, I guess you want to drive now. I go over to, like, open the door, and he's like, you're not getting in. I was like... Quick thinking, quick thinking. Like, you know, everybody has, like, this moment of, like, indecision when something like that happens, and I went... My forearm crutches are in the trunk of the car. <laughs> like that, like the, the man is obviously like not going to let me into the car. But so my first thought was my forearm crutches are in the trunk of the car. Can you please open the trunk of the car. <laughs> give, me, give me back my Jimmy sticks. <laughs> well, I mean, like if he would have drove off with them, I would have just been like in the middle of the parking like. Once my hand goes off that car, I must I must like relocate and the ground is right there. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I was like, can I get my forearm crutches? And he actually popped the trunk, walked around, got my forearm crutches, and the dipshit drove away. And got about uh, maybe 75 or 80 feet. Uh, you know, I'm not like I, I didn't have a uh, anything to measure the distance out. But he got a certain distance away from the vehicle that we were demoing, and the car shut off. Because the dongle was in your pocket? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and, you know, I'd love, like, looking back in hindsight, I'd like to say, and that's why I didn't argue. No, I didn't argue because I didn't want to get fucking hurt. And, you know, my dipshit ass just wanted my forearm crutches. I was like, well, you know what? You're going to take my car. Don't leave me up shit creek without a paddle. That's all I was thinking. Yeah, I didn't even, like, recognize the fact that I had the key. I really thought that he was just going to drive away and that I was going to have to call the dealership back up. And uh, it didn't work out that way. The car shut off. He gets out of the car. And he's like, give me the key. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. No, I don't I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> like, he wasn't walking towards me. 
like I was kind of waiting for that. Like if you're going to approach me in some like menacing manner and then demand the key, I'd have a much higher propensity to give it to you. But if you're just going to stay right there, well, I'm I'm also going to stay right here, and I'm not going to give you the key. <laughs> and uh, we kind of just stalemated there, and I was like, "How about we just drive back to the dealership?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, how about we just how about we just close the lid on this whole extravaganza and we'll just go right back to the dealership and be done like that's and? it how did it end it got in the car drove back to the dealership and uh before i could even tell my like this is where he definitely relied on my handy capableness <laughs> because <laughs> when we pulled back up to the dealership like one would immediately think run in and tell the sales manager what's going on and blah 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 I'm sorry dude cripple world there is nothing fast nothing fast happens when you're handicapped nothing like it's slower now because I'm in a wheelchair but back then it was still you know menacingly like sadly slow so the second we pull back into the dealership I'm driving the car and uh you know the second we pull back into the dealership this guy jumps out like his hair is on fire, gets into some beat ass truck and just leaves. Nice. And, uh, th- th- and I remember my sales manager was even pissed at me for it. He's like, Why'd you let the customer leave? I was like, Wait a second. I need to explain to you something. He's like, You have no good explanation for this. You know that you're supposed to get a manager to talk to a customer every time. Blah, blah. blah. And I was like, But I really couldn't because. And he's like, I don't want to hear it. I was like, He tried to steal the car. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to segue into it with him. I was like, I wanted to give him like a segue, like, hey, you know, I there's something I need to tell. There's none of that. He tried to steal like, the car. You know, like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm getting like the riot act read to me about letting the customer leave before he could speak to a manager. And I just, like, I couldn't get a word in edgewise. I was like, he tried to steal the car. And he's like, he's, like, probably like a sentence more bitching at me. And then it kind of like I saw the face that it, that it makes when two dots connect, like, like I'm my point that I'm making is over here, that, like point X, and where he's at is on like point Y, and we just had to like bridge that. And I I saw that happen, and then he immediately just stops and he goes, "Are you okay?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes." He goes. Should you know, blah blah, we got to call the police. I was like, I really don't even see why that would be a necessity right now. Like, the man, like, I went through the whole thing. He's like, he tried to drive away and the car shut off. I was like, yes, yes, it did. He goes, he goes, we're gonna have to put you in the training classes. This is why you never ever take the keys out of your pocket. I was like, yeah, that's the big takeaway from this. Like, okay, I'm fine. I'll reiterate that. The key did stay in my pocket. I, but, 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 but I am, I am actually, in fact, okay. Thank you again for asking. <laughs> but, like, I remember even, like, at the next sales meeting, he's like, blah, blah, and, you know, I can't stress the importance of keeping a key in your pocket. And Mark has some firsthand testimony as to why. And I was just like, Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I was like more so how about following the directions of the person who's robbing you? Notice I am scratchless. My willingness to cooperate even earned me my forearm crutches. Like these things are important. Not keeping the key in your pocket, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> but whatever. That was my ex- that was my experience. So, and then, and then we did have a couple of yahoos when I worked in finance try to come in, and like, act like I wasn't going to pull their individual credit scores before I started soliciting loans for them on a car to a bank. Like, they they try everything. They they're like, give me one digit off on their social security number, and I'm like you. You do realize that I heard you discussing this master plan with the person that's co-signing on this vehicle. And 
you are actually legally obligated, both of you, to give me your social security numbers to apply for credit, not somebody else's. Are you sure that's a nine on the end of there? Are you sure? Are you sure? Like, is like, I promise you, if I go and I hit these numbers in the computer, you will die on this hill. Like, there's no fight here. Like, after after we put pen to paper, you die on this hill. Are you sure that's a nine? Well, you know what? It, it's it's supposed to be a, a a what? What what other number looks like a nine? Like you you seriously like? Come on, man. Come on, everybody man. makes everybody makes everybody can anybody can screw up a seven and a one. Anybody could do that. That's that's you know like oh well you know I just got excited and you know the pen came down too quickly and blah blah blah. It's it's not supposed to be a seven. It's one. But no, you're gonna the fake number that you're gonna use is a nine. Like what? Come on. Might as well just put your last digit of your social as green. <laughs> <laughs> green. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean they look about as similar. True that. Well, let's move on here. This is gonna be uh, coming out of the great state of Oklahoma. News four. Don't fill plastic bags with gasoline. Safety Commission warns drivers amid fuel shortage. Sage advice, Raz. Sage advice. Oh, my God. A fuel station in the east ran out of... Okay, as fuel fuel stations in the east ran out of gas amid panic buying after cyber attacks hit the uh, Colonial Pipeline on Friday, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is reminding drivers just how dangerous improperly stored gas can be. Do not fill plastic bags with gasoline, the Safety Commission said in a tweet Wednesday. This The reminder comes as images show desperate drivers lining up at the pumps and some hoarding containers full of gas. The U.S. CPSC urges customers to only fill approved containers with gas and shared a video of what can happen when gas hits an open flame. They sure did. Uh, we know this sounds simple, but when people get desperate, they stop thinking clearly. They take risks that can have heavy consequences. And if you know someone who is thinking about bringing a container not meant for fuel to a ga- to get gas, please let them know that it's dangerous. Because <laughs> they'll believe you. Uh, this, there is currently no gasoline shortage be, uh, because of the hack, government officials said. Panic buying has caused some t- stations to run out of fuel. If the Colonial Pipeline, which supplies roughly 45% of the gas fuel on the East Coast, isn't fully reopened by the weekend, analysts say, the situation could, be, could, could begin to deteriorate. Uh, we're asking people not to hoard and know that we are all over this, Secretary of Energy Jennifer uh, Granholm said on Tuesday. Workers were able to manually restart the largest part of the pipeline on Monday. And Colonial Pipeline officials expect more operations to resume by the end of the week. The governors of Virginia and North Carolina have declared states of emergency as more gas stations ran out of fuel. According to GasBuddy.com, as of Wednesday, 28% of North Carolina gas stations were without fuel, with another 17% in Virginia. Multiple U.S. agencies are now working to provide alternate fuel transportation strategies, including allowing overweight loads of gasoline on interstate highways. The Department of Homeland Security will also be reviewing temporary waivers for the Jones Act, maritime law mandating that only American flag ships can move fuel uh, and other shipments between U.S. ports. So, yeah, there's, like, literally people, and I've seen pictures of this, people, like, getting, like, grocery bags and shit and filling it full of gas. Man, like, I lived in third world countries for a while, and I've never even seen people down there stoop to that level. Like, even even the poorest, like, destitute people that I've ever seen in my life know that gasoline does not go in garbage bags. But never like, was. <laughs> Oh, I, I just, man, we got some good ones this week, man. Like, we got some real, real assholes. Got people going in gallivanting around public schools, saying that COVID has a right to live. That was the best we got one. A, oh, man. And now, and now we've got people filling up garbage containers that, that, you know, let's, let's just, let's, let's just put, put, 
this into perspective, okay? Looking at the picture, we're not talking about, like, hefty garbage bags like the black drum liners. Those look like the same garbage bags that we used to put in the prison garbage cans. Those clear plastic, like, millimeter thick, could break if you breathe on it heavy kind of garbage bags. Like, tell me, tell me, like, uh, they don't even two-ply them, I'll bet, man. Like, what the hell is wrong with people? And then let's just go through the logistical nightmare of getting your gasoline, your trash gasoline into whatever you are trying to power with it. Okay? Oh, let's just use a funnel. Eh, once you crack the seal on that bag, buddy. Well, here's the thing, too, dude. It, gasoline will eat through that bag. Well, yeah. Very quickly. I mean, but, well, yeah. I mean, like, just, we're just going through, like, some of the obvious problems. You know, the, there are just so many things that can go wrong from this. As uh, Well, let, let's tell you about one of the things that goes wrong, because this is coming out of News Channel 8 uh, in Florida. Hummer with four containers of gas bursts in the flames right after filling up at Homosasa uh, gas station. Yeah, Homosasa, Florida. A Hummer burst in the flames late Wednesday morning, right after firefighters say the driver filled up several gas cans in Citrus County. Citrus County fire rescue crews were called to the South Alabama Avenue near West Grover Cleveland Boulevard just before 11 a.m. Can we just point something out here? So this takes place in Florida, but the roads are South Alabama Avenue and West Grover Cleveland Boulevard. At least it's a name. I get that. But if you've ever noticed how many places can't come up with original names, they just got to steal names of other states and cities. It's, it's ridiculous. And, it's very, very much a big thing here in Oklahoma. They do that a lot. And it just, I just find it annoying. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, um, when they got to the scene, they found a 2004 Hummer H2 on fire. According to a spokesperson for the Citrus County Fire Rescue, the driver had just filled up gas cans at the Texaco Food Mart near the scene. Firefighters found four five-gallon containers filled with gasoline in the back of the Hummer, or at least the charred remains of them. <laughs> uh, workers uh, worked quickly and were able to put out the fire by 11.09 a.m. Firefighters say one person was injured but refused to be transported for treatment uh, against medical advice. They did not say uh, what the injury was nor how severe. The Florida State Fire Marshal was called to the scene to investigate and will determine the official cause of the fire. The Florida Department of Environmental Protection was also notified and helped coordinate the cleanup for the fuel spill. Uh, the fire comes as Tampa Bay officials urge people not to panic buy gasoline over fuel shortage concerns. Worry started to grow earlier this week when Colonial Pipeline was forced to close due to a hack. Authorities said there is no need to be concerned in the Tampa Bay area because Florida gets 90% of its gas uh, from cargo ships. Oh, my Lord, Buck. Uh, it, it's amazing how people will panic buy everything. This takes me back to when COVID first initially hit and everyone was panic buying all the uh, uh, toilet paper. Toilet paper. The toilet paper. The toilet paper crisis of 2020. I remember it well. <laughs> Man. You know, or, or uh, you know... My ex-mother-in-law used to be a big person about this. Anytime that we were supposed to get a storm. Milk and bread. Milk and bread. Milk and bread. And I'll tell you what. And then clog up your bathtub and fill it up with water. You never know. Yeah, because the you big... You never know. You might, not, you might run out of water during the snowstorm. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me point out how stupid that comment is. You might run out of water during the snowstorm. Right. It's totally plausible. <laughs> I mean, that's that's exactly right. It, it, you know, oh my gosh. I'm yeah. trying to think of a funny simile to put to this, and there's just so many that I'm just going to chalk it up by saying water in a snowstorm. Right. Okay. Or like, yeah, it's going to flood. We better fill up our bathtub with water. No. <laughs> no, dude, you're going to run out of up. Like that's that water starts coming up, and it, yeah. like nobody gives a shit where you got it stored. Really, 
Well, Buck, that is unfortunately all the stories we have for this week. Um, I want to remind people that the Social Liability Podcast does come out each and every week. Uh, we are starting, and I'd say in the past four weeks or so, we've been streaming it live on our YouTube channel. Which if you just look for the Social Liability Podcast or the Mount Moon Crew, you will find us on there as well as other videos such as uh, Buck's series that he did for a while and has since stopped. I don't know why. Called Better Than Bad. Uh, you can also check me out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the underscore rasgrees01. You can listen to us on just about any podcasting platform uh, with just the audio format of the show. And uh, if you haven't, make sure you hit the subscribe button and like and notification bell and all that stuff. You know, all the stuff I'm supposed to say at the end of a YouTube video. And uh, do you have anything else for us, Bucky? No, no, not a, not a thing. Just to, I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And, uh, you know, if you're going to panic, buy gasoline. Put it in approved containers, please. Please do. And if you have any stories you'd like to hear us uh, talk about, please send them in. Uh, we, we get some, some doozies sent in on a regular basis. Uh, viewer Shane from Pennsylvania still sends us quite a few. Uh, your buddy Art from Texas is sending us quite a few, uh, sending us one now. So if you have any uh, stories you'd like to share, please send them our way at socialliability at iCloud.com. Thank you very much, and I hope you all have a delightful Absolutely delightful week.